pick up where we left off last week. The book of John chapter 15, and we will begin reading in verse 1. book of John chapter 15 and verse 1 when you got it say so and the word of the Lord says I am the true vine this is Jesus speaking and my father is the vine dresser every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away and every branch that bears fruit he prunes that it may bear more fruit you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine neither can you unless you abide in me I am the vine you are the branches he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Father, we thank you, and we honor you this morning, this day, Lord God for your word, for your presence, for your truth that sets us free. Father, we thank you because we are branches, Lord God, that are being pruned to bear much fruit and to give you all the glory and all of the honor. And so I ask today that you, Heavenly Father, would continue your pruning work in us, continue to reveal unto us your truth, and call us to respond to it, Father God. Give us the faith to obey, my Lord. In this day, I pray that you give us ears to hear what your spirit is saying to your church and that we would be doers of your word and not hearers alone. In the mighty and awesome name of Jesus, someone said, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Praise the name of Jesus. The last few weeks we've been dealing with a word made flesh movement. And last week we began speaking on the topic from dwelling to demonstration, from dwelling to demonstration, going from the place of dwelling in the presence of God to being a demonstration of his kingdom is our goal and it is our desire. As we began this message series, A Word Made Flesh Movement, we, we, we understood a couple of things. And first of all, we understood that we needed to understand what it meant to become a Word Made Flesh Movement, what that was all about. We understood that we needed to endure the method of the word becoming flesh in us and that we needed to also embrace the mandate of the need that there is for a word made flesh movement. I'm not sharing this message just because it's something that I found somewhere or something that I thought might have been cute or anything like that. No, I'm preaching this because I realize how desperately this world needs a true revelation of who God is. And not only do I realize how much the world needs this revelation, but I also recognize that we as the church, those who call themselves Christians, those who call themselves children of, children of God, those who have been, you know, made a commitment to Christ that we have been given the responsibility to bring that revelation. And so it is important for us not to be idle hearers of what God is speaking to us, but that we embrace this truth. And let me, let me encourage you that I know that, that hearing this for many of us is very challenging. It's very challenging to know that you have a real responsibility to make a difference in the world. 
world, that you have a real responsibility not just to go through life existing, but you have a responsibility to bring change into others' lives. Is that not challenging to anybody? That's challenging to me to know that my life cannot just be something that went by like this breath and then, you know, didn't make any kind of difference. Hello. And it's important that we understand that it is not just the responsibility of the preachers that stand behind pulpits or the teachers who teach classes and things of that nature. No, no, no. It is the responsibility of every child of God, every person in here that calls himself a Christian, you're responsible for changing people's life by the power of God. Amen? And, 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 when, and when I say changing, I don't mean that you're going to change. You're going to be a vessel that's going to bring change. Amen? Because it's not us that does the changing. It is God Almighty who does the changing. It is God Almighty who brings the change into people's lives. And so last week I said that the demonstration of God's glory will always be preceded by us dwelling in intimacy with him. Before we're going to see the glory of God manifested on any level, we are going to have to be a people who are doing what Jesus said. Jesus communicates. He says, you can do nothing apart from me. And obviously, Jesus isn't talking about having a job. Jesus isn't talking about buying a house. Jesus isn't talking about getting married. Jesus is not talking about being a parent. Jesus is not talking about being some great athlete. Jesus is not talking about those things because if he was, then he's a liar because there's plenty of people that don't know Jesus. Hear me now. There's plenty of people that don't know him, don't acknowledge him, don't want nothing to do with him, and they make more money than most of us. They have bigger house than most of us. They drive nicer cars than most of us. They do all kind of stuff that seems to be better, but that's not what Jesus was talking about because the reality is, and we got to understand this, is that when we come before God Almighty, all of us, everybody on planet Earth is going to be judged, church. Everyone, whether you are a Christian or whether you are not a Christian, you are going to be judged, and the ones that are going to be judged as Christians, what is going to happen is everything that we have done on this earth is all going to go through this fiery judgment and the things that have kingdom value and kingdom purpose attached to them are the things that are going to make it and he's going to say you get a reward for this hello that is what Jesus is talking about here he's talking about you can do nothing look at your neighbor and say neighbor you can do nothing of kingdom value apart from Christ Nothing, nothing, nothing. You can, you can do absolutely nothing of kingdom value apart from Christ. We established last week because we took our census, and I know that some of you were not here last week, but I just want you to know we took a census last week, and we had a raise of hands, and we wanted to make sure that we were all on the same page. And let me let you know, it was a 100% consensus in the, you know, everybody in this place wanted to be successful. Amen. Is that still the same thing today? Everybody still want to be successful? Amen. Glory to God. So we, we, we took that as a representation, right, of, of of the rest of humanity and we said that everybody on planet earth everybody who walks this earth wants to be successful I made the analogy I said I don't know any child who sees somebody who is homeless on the street in a cardboard box and says when I grow up that's what I want to do I don't know any child that's ever done that and I'm not making fun of that. I'm just saying that I've never seen a child that said that's, what I, that, that's where I want to end up. There's no person. Those people that are in those dire situations, they, didn't, they, they don't want to be like that either. They're just in a situation. They're going through rough times. They're going through things. But the bottom line is nobody says I want to be a failure. Nobody says I don't want to succeed. Everybody wants to succeed. The problem is that we want to circumvent God's process of success. And we want to do it our way. And so hopefully we will learn that we cannot do things the way that we want to do. In the book of um, 
John chapter 15, as we read, Jesus declared that he was the true vine, meaning that he was the genuine vine. And I just want to reiterate what we were communicating last week. Jesus says that he was the genuine, the true vine. That means that he is the real source of life. We talked about three different vines. We talked about the vine of Israel in the Old Testament. We talked about the future vine, which is going to be the vine of the earth, which is going to be experiencing the wrath of God. And then we talked about the vine of today, which is Jesus Christ, which is the true vine, the true source of life and the true source of salvation. There is no salvation. There is no life, true life outside of Christ. And this is what he's communicating. He's saying, I am the true vine. And he goes on to communicate that we need to abide in him. That word abide, it simply means that we need to remain close to him. And what it means to abide is it means to remain close to him in all things so that way he is seen in everything. It means to remain close to him in all things so that way he is seen in everything. It's for us to remain close to him in good times. Hello, somebody. As you know, when it's good, we forget to abide. When, 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 it, when everything is relaxed, I think, and, and I'm just going to say this, I'm, I'm not saying this is doctrinally, okay? I make sure this is on the, on, on the tape there, okay? This is Jason Quinones' opinion, amen? Okay, so hear me. I, I think that sometimes God allows hardship to come to our life to wake us up. Because some folks won't pray if they don't have a problem. Did you hear what I said? Some folks will not seek the face of God unless they're going through something. And I don't mean, listen, and, 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 and I, I want you to understand, I don't mean, uh, you know, some just little religious prayer. I'm, I'm not talking about that. Because there's plenty of people that have been trained and indoctrinated that you say a certain religious prayer. You say a certain, no, 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 I'm not talking about saying prayers. I'm talking about praying. There is a difference. Amen. There's a difference between a, you know, just, you know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us today. And you're getting before God and saying, God, I need you. Father God, I, I, I need your presence. I'm hungry. I was talking to someone. He was communicating about his wife. And he said that his wife was starving for God. I was like, glory to God. That meant that she's hungry for God Almighty. She's desiring to see the Lord God work. She's, and, and so what that communicates to me is that not, not even knowing this person very intimately or anything like that, that this person is seeking the face of God. Because if you're hungry, you try to get some food. Amen, somebody? When you're hungry, you come up in the house, you can know that there ain't nothing in the refrigerator. You're still looking, trying to make stuff up. Glory to God. Where do you think all them crazy sandwiches came from? It was because folk didn't have nothing but a piece of bread and, and, and a pickle. And they were like, I'm going to make a pickle sandwich, you know. They, they, they were trying to be creative because what? Because they were hungry, glory to God. <laughs> don't be making no spiritual pickle sandwiches, all right? I don't even know where that came from. If you ate it, that sounds nasty anyway. But, but anyhow, if you like pickle sandwiches, glory to God. I just made it up right now. But hallelujah, listen. Here's the thing. Here, 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 is, here, here is the reality, church, that if we're hungry for him, if we're thirsting for God, then that means that we're going to cry out to him. But the reality is that some folks, they won't pray unless they have problems. They won't pray unless they, so it means to remain in him in all things. So in the good times, I'm remaining, I'm dwelling, I am glorifying him. And see, here's the thing you got to realize about these good times, church, is that here, here, here's the truth. The truth is, everything may be good today, but you're going to come up on a hard day. And if during those good times you weren't hanging out with him, what are you going to do when the hard time comes? What, 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 what are you going to do when he doesn't answer a prayer the way you wanted him to? When he says no when you want him to say yes. When he says be still when you want him to say go ahead and move. How, how, how are you going to respond to that if you haven't been abiding in him? See, that, that's not good stuff, church. 
We want to make sure that when we get through the get to the hard time, that we have been dwelling with him so we know who is with us. Amen. It means that when we're going through hardship, that we abide in him, that we hold on to him. As Pastor Robert was saying, that you don't go on ahead and just start speaking to the wind, right? Hello, somebody. Speak to the king of glory. Bring it before his throne. Listen, I can guarantee you something. This, this, and and I, I am proof of this, okay, because I have tested this theory. And, I, and, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm letting you know something. When you are really messed up about something, something happened, I challenge you to lock yourself up in that room with God and cry out to him about, I mean, complain to him, talk to him. God, I don't, I mean, just break it down for God how you are feeling, okay? Pray for that person, pray for that situation, pray for whatever it is. And I guarantee you, if you really, 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 really get in with him, when you walk out of that room, you won't want to come out and talk about that situation no more. You want to know why? Because it's in his hands. Did you hear me, church? The problem with us is that we talk to God for two seconds and talk to our friends for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm, that's what I said. We talk to God. We, we talk, Father God, I can't believe this. And, and then we come up and, well, well, girl, let me tell you. And I, oh, brother, let me, yo, 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 you don't understand, dog. This will happen. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Let me move this out of the way before I get crazy up in here. Knock this down, start stuff flying all over the way. I need some room, glory to God. Listen, listen. <laughs> come before God. Pray for two or three minutes. And, and what I'm saying is get in with him. Listen, let the anger, let the hurt, let those tears flow. That's what I mean by getting in with him. I mean, like, you know, you know how it is when, when you know, and, and think about this now. You know how it is when you get with that best friend, right? Guy or girl, doesn't matter. And you talk to them about whatever was on your heart. You know how you feel better? You feel that like you're like, man, I can breathe now. You know, you know, you know, that, you know that feeling? Did you know you can get that with God too? Amen. Did you know that? Did you know that you can get that? And even better, because you know what? Your friend can't change nothing. God can. And you know what's the beauty of it? Is that more times than not, you know what God changes? You. Because more times than not, the one that needed to be changed was you. Oh, they need to be changed too. That situation needs to be changed. But you need to change. Hello, somebody. Again, again, we need to be those kind of people that are really getting in with him, that are really abiding with him. And then I gave you a little test, so to speak, last week, so you could prove to see, are you abiding? Are you abiding in him? Because according to these scriptures that we read, there's a few telltale signs that will let us know if we are truly abiding in him. One of the things was that we, were good, that we would be a people that would bear fruit. So the question is, are you bearing fruit? And we're going to deal with that next week. I'm going to do that one next week. We're going to deal with this one this week, which is you will be proved pruned by the father you're going to be pruned by the father you're going to be purged you're going to be dealing with get having some stuff cut off for you Mm -hmm. we don't want to hear that stuff add unto me don't remove nothing hello somebody okay we talked about it last week we will be what we will be effective effective in prayer if we're really abiding in him we get that yes to all of our prayers why why Because everything we're going to ask is going to be according to his will. Not according to our will, but everything that we ask will be according to his will. Therefore, he gives us a guarantee, a blank check, and says, whatever you ask shall be done. Amen? The other other sign was that we will be growing in our love for Christ, our love from Christ, and our love for others. 
So if you're really abiding in him, this is how you know. If you're, if you're abiding in him, you are growing in the revelation of his love because you are locking yourself up in that prayer closet with him. And listen, a prayer closet can be a closet. It can be a room. It can be your car. It can be your garage. Listen, it can be a field. It can be your backyard. It can be wherever. It is just a place that it is just you and God who get together. That's what a prayer closet is. It is a place that you and him get alone and that no one can distract you, the place where you turn your cell phone off. Amen. Hallelujah. I know that's tough for some of us. The place where we do not allow anything to distract us. That is what it means to be. And so we get alone with him, and we begin to spend that intimate time with him, and then all of a sudden what begins to happen is we begin to get a greater and deeper revelation of his love for us. And then as we get a deeper revelation of his love for us, you know what happens next? Then we start to get a revelation, or or, or, I'm sorry, we begin to grow in our love for him. Because now I begin to, because see, this is what happens. When you really start spending time with God, you know what you start to realize? You start to realize how holy he is. You start to realize, because you, you know, when, when, when you're really spending time with him, he begins to really show you, I don't like this, I do like this, I'm not in agreement with this. And then you start to see, man, God is holy. God does not like some stuff. Everybody thinks God just likes everything. He does not like everything. Hello. You spend that time with him, you realize how holy he is, and then in, in, in the midst of that revelation of his holiness, you know what you begin to understand? Man, he loves me. Did you hear me? He lo- I like some of the stuff he don't like. I'm drawn to some of the stuff he don't like. I, let's just keep it real, church, because ain't nobody walking on clouds up in here. Hello. And if you are, please come and grab this mic, because I want to sit here and hear you talk. Glory to God. Deliver us all from our sinfulness. But anyway, anyway. <laughs> Open invitation. You walking on clouds, come and tell us about it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Listen, you start to realize, man, he, he's not down with some of the stuff that I approve of. He doesn't agree with some of the stuff that I compromise in. And so what begins to happen is you begin to repent because when you really are having an encounter with God, you know what begins to happen? Your desires begin to change. Hello, somebody. Your, your wants begin to change. Those things that are drawing you stop drawing you because you begin, you begin to be drawn to his presence because your mind becomes transformed as you're growing. But in, in the process of this whole thing, what begins to happen is you are getting a clear revelation. You are getting a clear understanding. Man, this, this God loves me. This God loves me. This God that is so holy loves me with all of my imperfection. So you know what begins to happen? That love for him begins to grow. That love for him begins to increase. So, so these are quite, the reason why I'm breaking this down for you is because I want you to really search yourself. Are you growing in the revelation of his love? Are you growing in, in your love toward him? And automatically, when you're growing in love for him and growing in the revelation of his love, your love for others begins to grow. Your care and concern for others. You, you begin to love your brothers and sisters in Christ more than, more than ever before. You begin to care about people who don't know Jesus more than ever before because you realize that if they do not come to know him, they're going to spend an eternity not just separated from him. See, because I, 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 it is true. You're going to be separated from eternity. But, but can I tell you something? I, w- I want you to grasp something. When you hear that a person is going to be separated for eternity from God, it doesn't mean like they're going to be over here chilling and God is going to be over there chilling. Did you hear me? Don't get distracted now. Hear me. When we talk about being separated from God, we're not talking about we're going to be sitting over here sipping on some tea, and he's going to be over there having this big fat meal. We're going to be over here having some bread and and water because we're, no, 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 no. Listen to me, church. 
When a person is separated from God for eternity, we're talking about hell. We are talking about suffering. We are talking about unquenchable fire. We're talking about something that is beyond our wildest imagination of gruesomeness because it is something that is reserved. It wasn't, it wasn't reserved for you and me. It was reserved for those demons. It's reserved for those angels who decided we were in the glory of God. Greater, We had clear revel, and we decided we were going to follow some other, you know, idiot over there. Hello. Listen, I don't say that to be disrespectful, but hear me, church. This is what they did. They decided they were going to. So you know what he created? A horrible situation. So don't, 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 don't take it lightly. Oh, well, they're just going to be separated for eternity. Hold on a second. Where are they going to be separated eternity? In a place where there's no return and it's suffering forever, church. And so we, we need to get an awakening to that reality. And you know where that happens? That happens in the presence of God. Because as we find ourselves in the presence of God, growing in love for him, growing in the revelation of his love, and what begins to happen is our care and our concern for others begins to increase. So are those things happening in your life? And the last thing that we said was a precursor there to us understanding if we are abiding as him is that we begin to gain joy in our lives. A source of joy, a source of, a source of happiness that does not come from circumstances but comes from the presence of God. That remains even when things are bleak, even when things are difficult, even when things should make you cry. You still have a joy inside of you because you are connected to the true vine, church. That's what it means and that, that's how we know if we're abiding. If we're abiding in him, then these things will be, will be demonstrated and will, and will be evident in our life. So the first thing, repeat this after me, abiding, abiding. is only possible, only possible by invitation and response. It's only possible by invitation and response. That's what we talked about last week. And this week, I want you to repeat this one after me. Say pruning is a necessary initial and ongoing process for the branch. Pruning is something that is for the beginning and continues. Look what Jesus says. He, say, he says to his disciples, look at verse 3. I want, I want you to see this, what I just said in the scriptures. He tells his disciples, he's having this conversation with them. He says in verse 3, you are already clean. That word clean means purged, means pruned. He says you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. And he goes on to say, abide in me. So he's saying this. He's saying, because of the word that I spoke to you, you're already pruned. Because you responded to that word, because you responded and you decided to follow me, you're already clean. And he says, but don't just think that you're all that now. Don't get comfortable because, you know, you, you've heard my words. He tells them, he says, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. And so what Jesus is saying, is saying in the beginning stages of your salvation to us is what he's communicating. In the beginning, you're clean. The moment that you really and truly repent and you ask God to forgive you of your sins and you recognize that you're separated, as soon as you do that and you acknowledge that and you receive him as the leader, as the Lord of your life and the Savior of your soul, as soon as you do that, you're clean according to the Scriptures. Not according to me, according to the Scriptures. You are clean. You are free from that moment. You, you're, you're, you're not waiting to get free, church. Hear me. The moment Christ enters your life, we, we need to grasp this. We are free. Say, I'm free. 
You are free, church. You're not waiting to be set free. You are free. According, you are clean. You are cleansed according to the scriptures. But he goes on to say, he says, but you need to abide in me. Don't just go on ahead, and this is why we always say this, when you come to the altar, this is not the end, this is the beginning. This is where the race starts. You came over here to get the warm-up, so to speak, so that way now you can go and run this race. And how are you going to run this race? By running connected to Christ. So he says, you need to abide in me. So because you can do nothing, even though you're clean right now, if you disconnect from me, guess what? You're not going to bear any fruit. If you don't stay connected to me, if you don't stay with me, if you don't stay in relation, you're not going to bear fruit. You're not going to bear fruit that is of kingdom value. He says, you've got to abide in me. And so when we're looking at this, we realize something. In verse 1, he says, I am the true vine. I'm the source of your fruit. And my father is the vine dresser. He said, my father is the vine dresser. The father is the one who takes care of the vine. So he's giving us a picture. And he's saying, my daddy has a picture in his mind. You know, how many of y'all seen the Karate Kid? Raise your hand if you've seen the Karate Kid. I love that movie, Karate Kid. Daniel's son. <laughs> I love that movie. Wax on, wax off. Paint the fence. Anyway, anyway, I'm sorry I got excited, got excited. Hallelujah. All right, all right, I know, I know. All right, so here we go. Hear me. You remember when Mr. Miyagi took him in the, you know, he came into the room. Remember that? He was, you know, Mr. Miyagi's up in there. Daniel's son is, you know, I don't remember if he got beat up yet or not, but he was about to get beat up or just got beat up. I think he was about to get beat up, okay? So he comes up in there, and he finds a friend in Mr. Miyagi. And Mr. Miyagi's doing what? He's cutting the little trees, right? The little bonsai trees. Y'all remember that story, right? Yeah, y'all get out. Yeah, I remember that right there. Uh, so you remember what happened, right? Daniel's son's like, man, those are some pretty trees, right? And he looks at him, he says, oh, go ahead, you cut, right? <laughs> so he's like, oh, no, 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 I can't, I can't do that. And he's like, yeah, listen, just close your eyes. He said, close your eyes, right? He said, get a picture. He said, you got a picture? And he said, yeah, I got a picture. And he said, now, open your eyes and make it. Right? The, 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 the principle was you get a picture in your head, and you make that tree look like that picture. That's the bottom line, right? That, that, that was the whole thing. What am I saying? The father church has a picture of what you and I are supposed to look like. The Father has a picture. It is called His perfect will for our lives. And He knows exactly what it is that we are supposed to do, what it is we're not supposed to do, what we're supposed to be connected with, what we're not supposed to be connected. He knows all of the intricate details of our life, and He's got the picture. And you know what? It is our job to remain connected to Jesus and submitted to the will of the Father, and that way we can begin to reflect and look like what the Father has in mind for us. Hear me. We have got to get to that place, church. We have got to get to that place. That is the reason why the Bible says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you will be able to know what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Here's the thing, is that if we decide that we are going to go according to the picture or to the form of this world, then we become deformed for the will of God. Did you hear me? 
We become deformed for the will of God. We're not able to do what God has called us to do. And so we have to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We need to learn to what? To meditate on the word of God. Because as we meditate upon the word of God, you know what begins to happen? In our minds, we begin to see. In our spirits, we begin to see. In our soul, we begin to see what the will of God is. We begin to see what God wants. And then you know what? We have a choice. We have a choice, church. We can either say yes to that picture or we can say no to that picture. It is entirely unto us. But the scripture says here clearly that the father is the vine dresser. He is the one who is involved in pruning. And so here's the thing that you got to realize about a vine dresser. When you look at these vine dressers, these are people, they don't just come out there, okay? Like, you know, we, we go and we purchase plants, not me personally, but, you know, people, they like plants around their homes. And so they purchase certain plants and they learn a little bit about what you have to do agriculturally to keep them growing. And, you know, you got to pluck this dead thing here, whatever the case is. Now, that, that, that's cool for your house. But when you're talking about a vineyard that is responsible for producing all kind of you know fruit it's a it's a totally different story you got to go to school for this and they have people that go to school for years in order to become these vine dressers and they learn where they're supposed to cut they learn why they're supposed to cut and they learn how in what direction they're supposed to cut because all of this matters you can't just cut something over here no you've got to cut in a precise place in order to make sure that the most fruit comes and so it's important that you realize that when we're talking about us being pruned on a continual basis by God Almighty it is a faith issue church do you and I really trust God that he knows what he's doing when he says stop when he says go when he says be still do we really trust that he says I don't want that do we really trust him enough to say God we know that you are in control and not only in control but you know what's best for us because the beauty of this church is that God ain't going to school hello he's taking us to school mm-hmm he, 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 he's not got to he, he doesn't have to go to school for 15 years to learn about your character he knew your character before you even knew yourself hello he knew what you were going to be like before you ever had a thought in your brain he I mean he, he knew he knew all about you and he has his perfect plan for you so we realize that he is the one that is pruning us. But here's something that we've got to do, church, is that we must discern the difference bet between the pruning hand of the Father and the sifting work of the enemy. See, so hear me. Jesus says in the book of Luke, chapter 22, he's communicating with his disciples. And Peter is saying, Lord, I'm ready to die. I am ready to die with you. I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready to do it. And Jesus, says, and, and Jesus says, Simon, Simon, listen. The devil has really asked that he could sift you, but I prayed for you. That he can sift you. What does sifting mean? Well, wheat, you know, they, they sift it. So they shake it in a container or they throw it up in the air. And what happens is the wheat all comes together and the shaft, the part that's not wheat, it all goes, it separates itself. And so this is what he's saying. He's saying, look. He said, the enemy, right now, this is what Jesus was saying in that whole picture. He said, this is what's going to happen. What's going to happen is we, our group, is about to be shaken like never before. And you know what the enemy wants to do? The enemy wants you to separate from me so he can prove something, that you were never really part of me. Did you hear me, church? This is what the enemy was saying. The enemy was saying, this is what Jesus is trying to point. This is what's happening. We are about to be shaken. We're about to go through a shake like we've never. See, because you've seen me get delivered from all kind of stuff. You've seen them try to kill me. and all. But you know what's going to happen? There's about to be a shaking that's going to take place. And what the enemy wants to do is the enemy wants to prove that you're not genuine in your commitment to me. 
that you're not genuine in your devotion to me. And so I have prayed. Jesus said, I have prayed. Isn't it awesome to know that Jesus is praying for us? Amen. Because this is what the enemy wants to do. Every trial you go through, you know what his desire is? His desire is to prove, oh, you're not genuine. His desire is to prove, oh, your faith ain't for real. Come on, you're, you're crying. You should be rejoicing. Come on, come on, you're doubting. You should be having faith. You should be declaring the word. And, and that, that's what the enemy wants to do. And so what I'm saying is we've got to discern the difference. We've got to learn, is this God's pruning hand or is this the enemy trying to sift us and trying to discourage us? Because this is important that because what happens is sifting leads us to drifting in our faith. When the enemy is trying to sift us, when the enemy is trying to pull us away from Christ, you know what it causes us to do, church? It causes us to drift in our faith. It causes us to begin to go over this way when we should be holding on tighter to the master. It causes us to leave our devotion to him when we should be growing in that devotion. See, when the father is pruning us, it's a different thing, church. It's a totally different scenario because when the Father is pruning us, what pruning does is it leads us to growing in Christ. It leads us to growing in him. Sifting leads us to rebellion against God while pruning leads us to either repentance or acceptance of what God is doing. See, when we're being sifted, we want to rebel. We want to turn away from God. We want to, we, we want to say, you know what, I can't walk with him. He, doesn't, he hasn't done anything for me. He hasn't answered me. He hasn't done. And, and that is what the sifting work. And I want you to know something. The enemy can use, it's, it's not about a situation. It's not that the, the situation is irrelevant, whatever the situation. It's the voice that is speaking to you and has your attention. Did you hear me? Because we can all go through the same situation, and to one person it will sift, the other one it will prune. Hear me? We can all go through the same situations, the same circumstances, and the question is, which voice are you listening to? Are you listening to the voice of the Father that says, I love you, I have a plan, I have a purpose, or are you listening to the voice of the enemy that's saying, he don't love you, he don't really care about you, is he even real? Hello? We've got to discern the difference. Why, church? Because if it is the enemy that is at work sifting our lives, you and I must arise in faith and resist his plans. If it is the enemy that is trying to sift us, if it is the enemy that is trying to destroy us, if it is the enemy who is trying to steal away that which God is putting in us, then you know what we've got to do, church? We have to arise and say, no, no, no. The word of God declares, God says, and we've got to rise up and not give in to that negative stuff that is trying to pull us away from God Almighty. Hello? And if, on the other side, it is God who is trying to prune us, we must humbly submit ourselves in either repentance or acceptance as he removes the obstacles to our fruitfulness. If it's the enemy, you rise up in rebuke. Why, 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 why do I share this point? Because you know what? There's tons of people that are rebuking stuff that they should be repenting about. Hello? Listen, I want you to know something. Everything ain't the devil. Did you hear me? Everything is not. We rebuking this and rebuking that. And listen, Hold on a second. We need to repent sometimes. We need to turn away from sin. We need to turn away from our own desires. It's not the devil. It is your bad decisions. Hello, somebody. And so it is important that we do what? That we learn who is it that's coming against us. Because if I'm trying to rebuke God, that's crazy. Hello. 
God is trying to remove something. God is trying to prune something. He's trying to, and you're trying to rebuke him because that don't feel good. Hold on a second. Who lied to you? What church did you come from? No, I'm just joking. Because <laughs> it wasn't here. You didn't hear that. Everything going to feel good because everything ain't going to feel good. But let me just remind you just in case, glory to God, you forgot. Everything in Christianity don't feel good. Everything that God says to do doesn't feel good. Every, it, 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 it's, not, it's not all good. Hello? It, well, it's all good. It just don't feel all good. Hello? Because all things work together for good. Amen? So it's all good, but it doesn't always feel good. It doesn't always feel necessarily right. But we got to know which one is it. Is it God pruning us or is it the enemy trying to sift us? Because if God is trying to prune us, then he's trying to remove some obstacles. See, and here's the issue, church. The issue is, and I'm getting ready to close here. The issue is this. The issue is that you have, each of us has this purpose that God wants to accomplish in our lives. And whenever we think of pruning, whenever we think of pruning, and I, I, I would do a census, but I'm not going to do that right now. But most of us in here would agree that when you think of pruning, you think of pulling off those dead leaves. Amen? Well, most of us, that, that, that's what we think of. We think pruning is pulling off dead leaves. But you want to know the reality? The reality is that sometimes the one who's pruning needs to pull off living stuff in order to make sure that the fruit comes. And here's the problem. Is that us? We're okay with you taking the bad. We're okay with you taking the stuff we don't want in our lives. Our issue is when you start messing with the stuff that we like. When you start messing with the stuff that in our eyes is good. Hello? See, we want God. God, take all the negative, God. Father, purge me. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Come on, we've prayed it. Father God, remove every obstacle, Lord, to, to your glory in my life, Father God. Move, move those things, Father, that don't please you, okay? And, 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 and in our minds, right, in our mind, we're like, I see that, don't please him that. So God, remove that. Mm -hmm. But then all of a sudden, he starts to come over here and starts messing with this over here. I rebuke the devil. The devil is a liar. Father God, we're going to stand firm on this. Hallelujah. <laughs> See, here's what we got to realize, church, is that sometimes God has to cut the good and the better so he can bring forth the best. See, sometimes the things that we think, oh, that's good. I wish my wife was here because I'm going to get some points for this machine here, glory. I'm going to buy her this CD, praise the Lord. Buy her this, glory to God, trying to earn some brownie points today, hallelujah. She's sick, by the way, very, very sick, so please, please pray for her. My, my wife don't miss church for nothing, and she is, like, really bad, so please lift her up in prayer. But when I first got saved, I think I've shared part of this before, and I'll share it again just in case, Hallelujah. When I first got saved, I knew that I was not going to be a single man. I was positive of that. I said, God, I know you didn't give me that gift that you gave Paul. So I didn't ask for it either. I wasn't, I wasn't wanting it. I didn't say, God, can you? No. Mm -mm. 
Y'all, yeah, wait, church, y'all know what he gave Paul, right? He gave, he gave Paul, let, 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 let me help you. Pa, 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 pastor's helping me out here. Let me help everybody. Let me let you know. The apostle Paul, he said clearly that God had gifted him so he could stay single for the rest of his life and be okay. Y'all got that, amen? Everybody knew that? All right. Well, if you didn't know, you know now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor Marisol Bennett. I appreciate that help there. He gave the apostle Paul this gift of continence, said, all right, you're good. Paul was good to go. He was serving God and just running. And I knew I'm going to run with God, but someone's going to run beside me. Hallelujah. We're going to run together. Praise the Lord. Okay. With that being said, I had enough sense to know that I was like, you know what? I don't want to be, you know, a guy that's with this girl and that girl. and da- you know, I, I don't want to, because that wasn't God. I knew that that was not God. I, and listen, I had never had a class on dating, anything like that. I just knew the Holy Ghost, and I knew, okay, you know what? I can't be like that. That's just not the Lord. So you know what I began to do? I said, well... I'm going to pray, Father God, whoever you have for me, lead me to them quickly. I'm going to give you a little bit of time, Lord. I got about a year to go, and it's going to be that, that that's about a time frame, okay? I got to find that we can move. I didn't say quickly. Listen, I told him, I said, I said, <laughs> I threw that in there just for y'all to laugh. Hallelujah. I'm glad I got that response. But anyway, I meant quickly, though. I didn't say it, but I meant it, all right? I have to be honest there. And I said, Father, and I prayed, I prayed, I prayed, I prayed. And I remember one day I went to this friend's house. And um, actually, I was with a friend, and we went to someone's house. And I saw this young lady that walked in. Right? That's that's exactly what my mind said. You know, I was like, wow, you know. And so, remember, I'm being prayerful. I'm I'm letting y'all know. And when I'm saying that, I'm being serious, serious, serious. I'm being prayerful about this, and I'm like, okay, I want, I want God's will. You know, she's cute and everything, but does she love God? And this girl, she was a worship leader in her church. I mean, she was, I mean, just real, true, true blue. I mean, really, bear, you know, bore the fruit of the Spirit, just a real humble heart. And I was like, okay. So we went to a church picnic. She didn't even go to our church. She came to the picnic and stuff like that. Started talking to her. We became friends, whatever the case was. We're friends for like 10 months, just friends. No dating. Listen to me. Just friends. Just friends. We just friends. Just hanging out. You know, not even hanging out together. We hung out most of the time on the phone. Hello, somebody. So, and whenever I was around her, I was in her living room with her parents. Her dad was sitting like real close to me. Hallelujah. Just in case I got crazy, he could pull me in and say, son, I have a word for you. A word of encouragement. And so, We're friends, and I'm praying. And I remember, I remember talking to her dad one day, and I was so, man, I, I used to hate to hear this. Heard it from her dad, and I would hear it from other people. I'd be like, man, y'all are crazy. And I'd be like, the devil is a liar. And he said, and his dad, his, her dad said, you know, if she's not the one, God has something better for you. Like, what? I'm like, yeah, I know she's the one. And this is in my, in my head. I'm like, this is the one, this is the one, this is the one, this is the one, this is the one. Right? I hadn't met my wife yet, by the way. I just want to throw that in there. Hallelujah. So I'm praying, seeking God, and I'm like, God, you know, how can this not be? How can this not be for me? Woman of God, she loves you. She's seeking you. You know, I mean, I I knew everything looked good. Say it looked good. Everything looked good, church. There was nothing wrong. There was no sin in this relationship. Everything was pure. It was right. I wasn't, you know, I didn't jump into a relationship. You know, all, all of these things were there, and I thought, I was like, man, this is good. And so why would God not want me to have something that is good, church? It's because he wanted me to have his best. And my wife was his best for me. Amen? 
So here is the reality. The reality is I share that story because you know what? You may be grown and married and you're not even worried about that kind of stuff. But here's the question that I have for you. Are there some good things in your life that God is saying, I want you to remove those? Are there some things that you may be desiring? Are there some things that you might want? Are there some pursuits, some things that you may be pursuing that may seem good? They may be not. Look, they, all of that good stuff, church. But God is saying, I have something better. I have something more. I want to bring more fruit. I'm not saying you're not saved because I was saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, seeking God, praying, running after him. But I wanted something that was not his will for me. And it took me like 12 months to get the revelation. That's not what I have for you. Hear me, church. Hear me. We have got to grasp that not every good thing that we want is the right thing for us. And so is there something that God has been talking to you about and that he just confirmed it today and said, son, daughter, that's not my pursuit for you. That's not my will for you. I want you to let it go because if I can cut that from you, I can bring something better out of you. I can bring something more out of you. So that's the group of a lot of folks that we just want. We want good stuff, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's the right stuff. But see, then there's the other group. And this is the group that they just look... You just want the wrong stuff clear, period. You just desire sinful things. You just desire things that do not glorify God. You desire things that do not honor him. You love things that God hates. And God is saying, I want to cut that from your life. Because here's the reality. If you don't let me cut the sin from your life, I have to cut you away from me. Did you hear what I just said? If you don't let me deal with the sin in your life, if you don't allow me to remove it, I'm not saying this, church, this is what the Bible says. Your loving Heavenly Father is here speaking through me, telling you, listen, I don't want to remove you from me. I want to remove those things that you know don't glorify me. I want to remove those things. And you know what? I'm not even going to go and run down a list because you know sitting in your seat what those things are. Whether it's a relationship, whether it's activities, whatever it is, you know those things that do not please God. And it's time for you to stop playing around with those things and saying, God, here is my life. Cut it out of me so that way I can bear the fruit that you've called me to bear. So I can become the child of God you've called me to become. So it's two groups of people in here. It's either the group that is needing to be pruned of some, maybe some good stuff, and those things just need to be cut out of their life in order for God to bring more. And then there's the other group, which is the group that, you know what, you're struggling with sinful things, and it's time for you to repent and allow God to remove them from your life. Amen? Come on and stand to your feet and bow your heads, please.